Welcome to In Real Motherhood. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Emma. We are two moms that bonded over searching for living more meaningful lives within the chaos of motherhood. Each week as we chat over coffee, we share the messy, unfiltered reality of mom life and tips on how you can find more meaning in your life too. So grab your coffee, pull up a chair, and let's go! What up, squad? We have some really exciting news today. And we're just going to start the episode with this, actually. I just decided. (laughs) (laughs) Emma's in charge, if you couldn't tell. (laughs) I'm in charge. Actually, let's, I'm going to tell you why. I'm in charge because I'm currently sipping on coffee. (laughs) And I've had exactly one (laughs) of these. Um, It's the brand Cutwater, not sponsored. um, But I'm having a Mai Tai. (laughs) I've never had those. So maybe we do need to be sponsored so that I can try some and give an unbiased review. Yeah. So the Cutwater (laughs) Moscow Mule is my Mm -hmm. favorite. Mm, I love a mule. So delicious. Yeah. So if you have the the copper cup, you need to put that in there. I do. Yeah. 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 It's good. Um, But now I'm sipping on coffee because it's 3 p.m. on a Sunday. And (laughs) when you add alcohol into my life, I'm tired. Yeah, and you still got a still got a mom, still got a mom life there. So, what do you say? Okay, we went on, off Lindsay? on a tangent. I have nothing right now. I have my energizer <clears> upstairs, and I forgot to bring it with me. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. But you went off on a tangent. Okay, Emma's in charge, and this is why we have some exciting news. So, just let us know, Emma. Tell us, tell us how it is. All right. So, when Lindsay and I started this podcast in January, we started it on a whim. There was no rhyme or reason to the podcast we had no idea what we were doing and now we are like this is fun this is a passion project and we want it to become something even more than what it already is so we we named the podcast the squad pod because we were really wanting to cultivate this community of women that are uplifting encouraging inspiring and we've been doing that behind the scenes and it's just really it it fills my cup up it fills Lindsay's cup up we have a squad retreat planned in September like we have a whole house full like we are really doing the dang thing um Mm -hmm. and now we're thinking like what do we want to do like who are we you know we're having (laughs) that moment we're We're having an identity crisis identity crisis who am I (laughs) what are we doing with our lives and I had said something on my stories recently which provoked a conversation from someone else um, a family friend and she was like you could do this and her thought made my brain explode in the best way possible. So we are changing the name of this podcast to In Real Motherhood. What do you think, Lindsay? <laughs> I like it. It's like in real life, but in real motherhood. So the still along the theme of what we originally wanted with the messy, unfiltered, chaotic, untalked about um, motherhood moments, things that, you know, maybe it's becoming more normal to talk about, but still isn't talked about hundred percent. And we just want to feel like we have our mom friends together. We're chatting over coffee or coffee and a Mai Tai. If you're Emma, apparently, <laughs> um, and just, you know, like the things that you text your best friends about the questions you have, the things that nobody talks about, um, 
we just want to put that all together. We want it in real motherhood. We want it to be in real life, in your life, things that are related to you, what you go through, but maybe you don't have that person to talk to about it. So that's what we want to be. We want to be there for you in real motherhood. Yeah. And the cool part is you guys are loving the guest speaker episodes and those are real moms. Those are real people. And so we're going to continue to interview and have fun with real moms. But also the cool part is Lindsay is a full-time working mama. So she's going to bring you like multitasking, productivity, uh, just like this, this vision of how to do it all. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but also like, you know, live in the chaos. Appear like you know what you're doing and yes. do it all. <laughs> and then I am the stay-at-home mom who uh, my my days are very mundane and also chaotic and are pointless and meaningless in so many ways. But I also seek to find meaning in the day. And so, and I really enjoy like trying to pretend like I live a tidy life, right? So <laughs> like bring that vibe to you. So you're going to get like real moms that are living very different lives. And the value that we have is uh, we don't know what the heck we are doing and neither do you. And the other part of that too, which is, you know, um, we, our main goal, like regardless of whether you're full-time working mom, stay-at-home mom, something in between is that we're trying to find ways to bring meaning to our lives, to find joy in the chaos, to find joy in the mundane, to find joy and meaning in just every little thing, because like you can have different paths, right? Like you can just live day to day and it just goes by, or you can choose to focus on positivity or little tiny things. And we just want to like find fun in it. Like Emma Emma did a, you know, a reel about creepy cooking. Like it's just glamorizing the things we have to do every single day in a fun way, because why not? Like we're not here just to, to survive day to day. We're here to you know, find the little things, enjoy life, enjoy our kiddos and not let, not be, not look back and be like, what did I do, you know, with those years when I should have been, you know, focusing on things that really matter, like just, you know, what is my kid doing right now versus, you know, oh my gosh, I got 20 things on my to-do list. It's so true. And I had heard a real audio (laughs) that said like, these are the days that your younger you was dreaming of. And Mm -hmm. that brought me to like romanticizing my life and really just Mm -hmm. falling in love with my life. And so um, my life might seem on paper pretty boring. Like when my husband is done with work, he's like, what did you do today? And I'm like, I played we talked about dragons today. Like, (laughs) I don't know. Um, I cleaned the same space all over again and again, but like, those are the things that you guys are living through. So Mm -hmm. the squad is what we are going to continue to call our audience because you guys are our ride or die people. You guys make us feel like we are part of something bigger than this. And so we appreciate you so much. The squad and the podcast is staying but we are just going to really dive into things that maybe people don't want to talk about. Um, and, and that's going to bring us to the topic today, which is, which are my boobs. <laughs> I mean, I guess we could talk about mine too, but they're just, they're not as um, exciting as yours right now. <laughs> my boobs. Yeah. You know, they're a hot topic <laughs> right now. <laughs> And here's why. In so, all of our text messages, <laughs> my boobs hurt today is what I hear often. <laughs> I mean, honestly, my my boobs are like, how am I feeling today? They'll let me know. 
is how I'm feeling. And it's because I'm, I'm going through the weaning process of weaning my, oh, wow, 13 month. Wow. 13 months. Yes. He's over 13 months. Yeah. 13 month old son. Um, And I want to first start by saying that being able to nurse my son for this long is such a gift. I believe that nursing is a lottery. Like it is just the like luck of the draw. There are so many mamas who wanted so badly to nurse and their bodies were just not having it. And I had an experience with Carly when I first started the nursing journey um, with my daughter and being so confused. Nursing is so confusing and uh, so overwhelming. And when you really want something to happen and then your body is not producing what what you just thought would come easily, it is so draining and heartbreaking and emotional. And so I just want to start by saying, like, I am forever grateful for my body for being able to nourish and provide vitamins and minerals and food to my children for the last literally three years. But with that being said, I am also ready to be done. And I had a moment when I was talking with my pediatrician about like, now he's a year. Now what? I'm like, I am done. My body is still producing milk. And like, wow, how amazing. But also my mental health is suffering because it is such a hard job. It is Mm. demanding. It is, you know, you're nursing on demand. You are not in control of when your body is being used as a, as a tool, as a, a nourishing device. And I really have struggled with like this guilt of like, oh, wow, my body is wanting to continue nursing. My son would continue nursing, but I know that I've got to stop. So I've had some guilt and shame surrounding that. And you nurse both of your kids, right, Lindsay? Yeah. So um, I, well, I nursed, but I also had to pump because I went back to work, which also I feel like that was lucky to be able to have a job where I was able to pump when I wanted to. Because I know some people, I mean, like nurses and stuff like that work or teachers, like you can't just take a break whenever you feel like it to pump. Um, But I did make it like 14, 15 months with both of my kiddos. Um, but that was with the pumping and everything like that. And I just remember like thinking as you're like telling the story, I'm like thinking back how many times I'm in my office by myself with the door closed and I'm pumping and I'm working. And I'm just like, I mean, it's a full, like, it's just full time and your body is working constantly. And it's just thinking about it now it, it's, it is very draining, super draining. Um, but also a gift too. So it's like, it's so hard, um, to like, you know, try to see every side of things, but yeah, I, but it's been a while now. So <laughs> Reese is going to be six. And so um, it's been a while for me, but I was like trying to recall the memories, like when you were talking to me about weaning and stuff like that, like the process and how hard it was. So, yeah. And I yeah. felt like, I guess I should also say with like formula feeding mamas, like you are mm-hmm. just as yeah. badass as we yeah. are. Oh, like yeah. there is oh, yeah. no, um, it is not one or the other. Like you are a mom and you are an amazing human. Um, and both of them are such hard work. Um, yeah. so You're I just want to waking up all the time feeding. I mean, there's yeah. just, there's no like making sure that everything's sterile and clean. And I mean, there's just, and then now like there's shortages of formula, like there's just oh. stress no matter which way you go, there's stress. And yeah, you know, I think, you know, 
keeping your children alive and feeding them and nourishing them, like, you know, to get to that year, I feel like the year is like this huge milestone, regardless of which way you go or whatever combination you use. It's like, it's crazy. Yeah. So I have this like mixture of a fe- of feelings and emotions, but ultimately my body is still producing milk and I was not I knew this with Carly. So with Carly and nursing, I nursed her for like 18 months. And then I was actually pregnant with Connor and my, like, it was just so uncomfortable for me, like with the hormones and like all of that, like it was, it hurt for me to nurse. And my body was also like providing nourishment to my now, like to Connor in utero. And, um, and so I cut her off and I did go through like an engorgement process, which was really uncomfortable but um, she wasn't nursing very often. And so with Connor, I did try to ease him off of like, you know, we were only nursing really at night. And like once in a while, if he was like really sad, Connor like loves his binky. He's very, um, he's like loves to cuddle. Carly was never, never like that. Um, so it, he does it more for comfort. And so when he loves food also though. And so I knew that if I was going to be like stopping with him, that it would be, uh, it would be okay because he really likes food, but I wasn't expecting him to like be so pissed at me for not giving him the boob. Like mm-hmm. he's mad yeah. at me. Oh, not yeah. so hard. Is it, do you think he's like, still seeking the comfort like does he still accept cuddling without like reaching for the boob or is like he's seeking the comfort of it you know like just the connection since he's more of a cuddler yeah so I definitely I've noticed he wants me to like cuddle him and he is very affectionate like that is just him his temperament and Carly was not that way so I do try to like do that more when he's drinking his cup like you know I I still try to have him in that like position um but there was four days of him like pulling down my shirt and like trying to nurse and I'd remembered that I had watched this (laughs) this YouTube video you know what I'm going to say but there's um there's a girl who said that her daughter did the same thing and what she did was she duct taped her nipples (laughs) (laughs) and so when her daughter pulled down her shirt she was like what so I did that (laughs) and it worked I like I literally can't he was just like he was like what is this robot magic business happening under this shirt now <laughs> yes I literally was like oh, mama's milk all done and he looked down and looked at me and looked down and looked at me and was like okay <laughs> it's all gone like what and yeah. Carly saw and she was like mama's milk all gone here's a cup like she was she, she helped me she's all for it <laughs> She's and I like, talked yes, about more time with mom. <laughs> yes. And I talked about this on social media and someone was like, you should just do band-aids. And I was like, band-aids are too small for my nipples. <laughs> she was like, say no more. <laughs> so you could do band-aids or you could do duct tape. Um, but now he I'm knows sorry. the milk store is closed. <laughs> I was going to say something I saw on like TikTok. Somebody was just talking about their nipples and they called them pepperonis. And so I just couldn't <laughs> help but say, like, think about that when you said that about band-aids. Yeah. Everybody has different sized pepperonis. Maybe, maybe his fears are more like salami. (laughs) Yes. And that's something people don't talk about either because when you are pregnant and nursing, your nipples change. Yeah. The color, the texture. Yep. It's the the weirdest thing. Yep. It's everything changes. (laughs) I think about it. Everything, everything about being a female is weird. 
And I think about that all the time. And I tell my husband regularly, I said, you're so lucky that you're a man. <laughs> and he's like, I know. And I'm like, for real, like for real, for real, especially like when I'm on my period and stuff like that, I just like have these thoughts and I share them with him. Like he's got a medical background, so he's not phased by my random comments about things, but I'm like, you are so lucky that you are a man. He's like, yeah, I know. I'm like, Ugh. at least he sympathizes of- and he yeah. knows oh, that yeah. <laughs> he does, which is great. Yeah. I wish more, more. Well, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I don't know any other men except for Jared really. So I'm like, but if you, if your husband, you need your husband to be more sympathetic. You tell them, you said, go read about all the things that we have to deal with all the time. And next time you like think that we're being crazy. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Yeah. No. <laughs> Everything is, and especially as a mom, everything is different. Your period Mm. is different after your Mm -hmm. boobs, your body, Mm -hmm. your hormones. Mm -hmm. It's all different. Yes. It's the texture. Everything Mm -hmm. is different. Yeah. So some days I wake up with the weaning process and I'm like, oh, my milk supply is like gone. Like I'm done. This is it. Like my boobs don't hurt. It's fine. Mm -hmm. And then there are, and then, then the next day I wake up and it's like, I'm engorged. I'm uncomfortable. Everything hurts. Um, and then, you know, my son's crying and I know that he'll feel better if I nurse him. And so I have this like constant pull to like nurse him, but I know that I'm done. And if I didn't have, so you got, maybe you guys don't know, but I'm going to Arizona next week. Woohoo! Yay! Less than a week. <laughs> what, what? Yeah. Uh, to see Lindsay and Lindsay. And, Woo-hoo. um, and so that's like, I, I know that I cannot nurse because I'm going away. But if I didn't have that, I would just continue. Like, I would just say like, whatever, my mental health is going to suffer, but it's fine. And I know that I'm really proud of myself for having this, this, like this moment to not do it. So, um, so I just wanted to, to give a little bit of backstory to the weaning process. And I have no tips. I have nothing of value (laughs) to give you, um, other than like, you know, this, this is hard. It's mm-hmm. hard too. So yeah, that's what yeah. I have well, to talk about. I think that's kind of a tip in itself is that like, no matter where you are, when you stop or however you decide, whether your child decides, you decide, you know, for your mental health or their health or stuff like that, you know, it's going to be hard and that's okay. And that it's okay to feel uncomfortable and it's okay to feel guilt. Um, but you shouldn't feel shame or anything like that because you, you have to do what's right for both of you. And if you like you, for you, Emma, if your mental health is suffering, like that's not going to be good for you guys, no matter what. And I actually was thinking, as you were saying that, that thinking back to our last episode with KJ is like, you have this opportunity though, now to figure out how to help him regulate in a different way. So like, this is your moment to like, think of ways or to teach him, like, cause you're doing it for your health and like, you're going to have to, you know, regulate yourself and him at the same time. And just kind of like, okay, what's another coping mechanism that we can give him? What's some other way? Cause this is all he, you know, this is like his main comfort seeking moment. Right. Like, and I knew that like with my kids too, like, that's like, as soon as they had that, they were like, yes, that, you know, I feel comfortable. I can hear my mom's heartbeat. I can feel her breath. Um, and so there's got to be that other thing. And we're going to have to teach him because he doesn't know, you know, 13 months, he's still developing a ton. So I think you have a great opportunity. And I think that mom should think about those kind of things instead of saying, you know what? Oh my gosh, I feel so bad. Like, what about this other way? Like flip your mindset and just say, I have this opportunity now to start teaching them how to deal with these emotions in a different way. And you know, what a gift that is too. Right. Mm. Thinking of that on my run today, I was, Mm -hmm. there's so many dandelions everywhere. 
Okay. Mm -hmm. It's like dandelions are sprouting everywhere. And it reminded me that some people look at dandelions as a weed and some Mm -hmm. people look at them as a flower. And like, there are so many health benefits of drinking like chamomile tea. Right. Um, And so I think that I might start calling like moments in my life. Like, am I looking at this as a weed or as a dandelion? Mm -hmm. Because when you think of what you just said about Mm -hmm. how you can look at this process as like, you're teaching them something. So how can you take a weed and make it into this dandelion moment? Mm -hmm. I'm teaching my son something so powerful that he's going to carry on with him as he grows this coping mechanism, how to co-regulate, you know, I can co-regulate with him. And so, yeah, I really think that's so powerful and I need to continue to look at like anything that I come across in my life is like, okay, I'm looking at this as a weed that it's like really damaging my environment, but in reality, how can I make this like a blooming growth moment into a dandelion Mm -hmm. maybe I need a tattoo (laughs) Lizzie's face she's like don't get a tattoo do you have any tattoos I don't have any tattoos I just was saying like because because Lynn texted us and she's like let's get tattoos and I was like are you being serious I'm like (laughs) I I literally have no tattoos like that was one thing that I thought was funny when I went in the hospital to give birth to grandma I went in to get checked because I was like something's not right and they were like checking me and the the nurse is like do you have any tattoos and I don't remember why they asked that question and I was like no she goes really she's like you're very you're one of the very few and I'm like "Mm, I don't know I just have never thought of anything like so permanent that I want it on my body I don't know, but I'm like, then I'm like, if it was something like really significant, then maybe like if I could get it in like white ink or something. So it's not like super visible maybe, but, but I could see you sporting a beautiful like dandelion with like the little um, things like floating (laughs) away from it. I could, I could get on board with that for you. How many tattoos do you have? I have one. Oh, just the one on your wrist. Yep. It's on my wrist. It says, meet me in Montauk. So actually Mm -hmm. I could tell very briefly. So there's a movie. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> called eternal sunshine of the spotless mind I, every time you say that i think of that movie <laughs> yeah so jim carrey's in it kate winslet and um it is about if you haven't seen it yet is really good like you have mm-hmm. to watch it mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. but i actually saw it being filmed because i'm from montauk which is where they filmed like a portion of the movie um so my dad and i actually watched jim carrey filming the movie with kate um, in Montauk, in my hometown. And so that like held so much meaning to me. We went to the grocery store. We saw all these camera crews, like a very small town in the winter. Um, and we went and we were like looking in the dunes and um, we watched them film it. And so that was like a, a big moment for me. But then I watched the movie actually in a film class and uh, in college. And they were talking about how the movie is about like, how even when you go through hard times in life, you wouldn't want to erase the memories of that. Like mm-hmm. you learn so much from the things that you go through that are hard. And so it's my my re- remembrance of like, no matter what you go through, you're learning something and it is, it's beautiful, even if it's broken. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, it says meet me in Montauk, which is my hometown, but also it reminds me that like, I'm going to get through it and I want to remember it when mm-hmm. I how, get through it. How old were you when you got that? I got this when I was 22, right mm-hmm. before I met Jamie. Um, my ex-boyfriend had like tattoos all over 
And he was like, you should get a tattoo. And then one day I was like, you know what? I'm going to get this. And uh, mm-hmm. there are some days I regret it. Like some days I'm like, I just, I could be cool without it. Like I don't need it. Yeah. But yeah. also it's like a reminder of like where I've come from. And also that there's beautiful moments and hard things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. I love that a lot. Huh. How do we even get on that subject? <laughs> <laughs> tattoos oh you jamie, wanted a tattoo from oh from the from the dance yeah okay yeah. Does jamie, jamie has no no he has no tattoos and he like he would be cool if i didn't have any like he not that he doesn't like my tattoo but he's like it's not necessary so yeah no whatever he's for charity there yeah so yeah no but i like that i mean if you were gonna get another one i could see that you know like as a as a something if that was meaningful to you but it is it, it is true like just looking at things in a different perspective and figuring out if you can make it into something, you know, change your mindset to like, make it like not be, or whatever, not to see it as a weed, but as an opportunity to grow or to become something more beautiful. So that was what our message was. And I got lost. So I have serious mom brain. <laughs> but then the dandelions turn into a uh, something else that spreads mm-hmm. more. So like, there's more to that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's My kind of like, we're- those. <laughs> Yeah, like blow them, like, and you yeah. make wishes on them. Like, there's a whole yeah. process, right, of, mm-hmm. of that yeah. happening. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you blow it, and the wish floats away, and then eventually <laughs> it grows again. So it's like, I mean, we're just really going deep with this one. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, but then your wish goes, and then it gets it goes stuck in the ground, and then starts blossoming and growing, and it's like something new because you yes, decided to pick it up and let it grow and let it, you know, go through its cycle. Yeah, because like butterfly. If, yeah. Exactly. Dandelions. I'm telling you. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. All right. It doesn't mean I'm getting a tattoo though. <laughs> fine. We will put an art on the wall. My dad always said, don't get tattoos. Just put an art, like an artwork on the wall. And then in five years, when you're over it, you could take it down <laughs> be permanently on your body. So I have remembered yeah. that because I probably would be like tatted all over if I, if I went with what I was interested in. <laughs> Yeah. Hmm. I have, I mean, I have nothing against tattoos. I just, I, like I said, I just never have found that thing. That's like so meaningful to me that I'm like, I can't live without it on my body. So I don't know. That was it. But yeah. I like yours. I mean, I like the meaning of yours and the thought behind it. It wasn't just like something random one day when you were drunk and, you know, <laughs> like, oh, let's get a tattoo. Yeah. But yeah. All right. So we talked about your boobs. That's pretty cool. Is there what's going on in your world? Tell us. <laughs> well let's see your 40 Um, and thriving world (laughs) Emma wants me to talk about my night sweats I swear um so (laughs) Emma and I are apparently cycle sisters we both started our periods yesterday together but not together separately at the same at the same time I guess that's better to say it at the same time same day whatever um but, and it just happened to me like postpartum with kids and stuff too. But like lately being a 40 year old, um, every time I'm like close to getting my period or on my period, like I have the worst night sweats, the worst, like the past two nights I or past two nights and I woke up in the morning, like my pajama shirt is like soaked through and it's so uncomfortable and it just feels so awful. And like, it feels like you're exhausted because your body has worked so hard while you're supposed to be resting that you wake up and you're just like, what the heck was that? And I know it's like normal, but it also is not fun. And I just feel like it's like a foray. Like, I, I guess it's nice that it's at night. Nice being in quotes 
versus like when you get you know closer to menopause and stuff where you have like hot flashes and things like that but you know which could happen anytime but it's still it's very exhausting like I just feel so blah when I wake up because of it because like I just feel like I've run I feel like I've run a marathon while I'm sleeping <laughs> so it's only when you're sleeping and it's only during your period uh for the most part yeah uh, when I was postpartum like it would be random like I would just like I would have to wake up in the middle of the night and change pajamas completely because I would just wake up completely soaked in sweat from the hormone changes like you know going like your body changing going through different cycles and stuff like I didn't get my period back till after um a month or two after I stopped nursing both of my kids so I didn't have to deal with it till they were like, you know, a year and a half or something. And then at that point it was like, oh, you're not nursing anymore. And now your period's coming back and you're just going to, oh, apparently, sorry, <laughs> Siri. Siri, Siri, hush, hush, hush. Apparently she thought that was for her. Um, so I, I mean, I dealt with that in between there, but I mean, that was even worse. Like I literally would have to wake up, change. And like, I was doing laundry and like changing pajamas all the time because it would just like out of nowhere happen. And Mm. it's just, that's, like I said, it's really, it's weird and strange to be a female. And we are so resilient because there are so many things that go untalked about that we have to deal with every single day that nobody else has to know about, or I mean, except for now. Um, And we just deal with it. Like we still have to function as a normal, normal quote unquote human adult being like to go to work, take care of your kids, make meals. And all the while you're like cramping, sweating, you know, (laughs) crying inside. outside, you know, thinking about gray hair and I don't know all those things. So yeah. So that's, what's happening in my life. I've had the worst. I'm like, I'm glad I'm getting over this. I was like thinking, I'm like, should I text Lindsay and find out what our sleeping situation is? I'm like, I need to be by myself. Oh yeah. (laughs) Well, I think we'll be done. We'll be done with our periods by then, but, uh, goodness. Yeah. But if you don't want to sleep with me, that's fine. It's not that I just don't think like, so the funny part is like Reese comes and climbs in our bed every night, pretty much. And when I'm having night sweats, like she'll wake up in the middle of the night and like, she's like, mom, you're so hot. I'm burning. She's like, can you move? And I'm like, I'm like, no, I'm like, I don't want to move. So I'm like, I don't want to get up. And she's like, let me go to my room. And I'm like, go for it. And she's like, come with me. I'm like, I can't move. <laughs> but she like can feel like the heat radiating off of me and like she'll either scoop closer to Jared or like keep waking up telling me that she's so hot and I'm like I'm sorry oh my gosh yeah hormones yeah. are wild and uh, yeah. make you do wild things yes for sure like rage clean or like get upset for no reason it's just Ugh. it's so fun it's <laughs> we so talked about fun. that I think early on like do you find yourself like I don't know I feel like this time I was getting irritated easily with my kids like a couple days before and I was like, what is going on? And then it was like, oh, hello, Aunt Flo. There you are. This makes mm. sense. <laughs> yeah, I was irritated with my husband. So mm. Usually it's I feel like it's one too. or the other. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> or both. It's like, yeah, it's like that level of like patience, just a little bit lower than usual. And you're like, what is going on? And then you're like, oh, now I know. So fun to be a female. <laughs> Yes. Uh, I know from my skin, it's like my skin gets really inflamed and breakouts. Mm-hmm. Um, like even when, during the ovulating, like I know from my tracker or whatever I'm ovulating, yeah. just like ovulating to before. And then it starts to clear up during my period, which is weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I always get like the skin or the pimple on my chin. That's how I know. I'm like just right there every single time. But I also want to, I just want to ask, I'm like, when 
when is it okay to stop getting pimples? Because I feel like I'm, I'm not an adolescent anymore. I'm 40. So like, I could be done with all of this. Like, is it okay if we just make a rule where like adult females <laughs> don't have to have pimples anymore? I feel like it should be high school like and that. done. What is this? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, like all the trauma of high school, like, oh my God, I got to cover it up. And then you have like caked on makeup. And cover up your pimple. <laughs> I mean, how long do we have to suffer here? Like we just have to go through all this turmoil and it's just not fair. <laughs> yeah. I knew I was going to have adult ac- acne because my dad had adult mm. acne, like into mm. his fifties. Like I just oh. knew he was going, I was going to, and uh, here mm. we are. I had clear skin through high school, which I should have been grateful for. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it hit me as soon as I turned 21. It was like, oh, hello. Hormones oh, are different. So yeah. <laughs> Welcome well, to adulthood. I know. Well, it's like, I mean, I guess you'd like take like, I don't, I don't know. What would you rather have? So like right now, like I, my skin, I don't feel is that bad. Like I get the occasional pimple, but like, I also don't color my hair or anything. So I don't really have a ton of gray hairs. Whereas like my sister, I hope she's not listening because she'll get mad at me. She has, she's had gray hairs for a long time, <laughs> which a lot of people do, which is totally normal. I mean, she has to color her hair and stuff. And I'm like, I find a few every now and again, but I feel like it's not necessarily normal for 40 year olds to get to that point without a lot of gray hair. So I feel super grateful for that. But I don't know. What about you? Do you have gray hair yet? I don't. Well, I color my hair, so it's hard to tell if I mm. if I would. But Jamie, my husband, he mm. has gray hair and he didn't he he used to say, I want to be like Steve Carell and I want to be a silver fox. <laughs> and, and then he started to get gray hair, but it's like in a spot where he can't see it in the mirror. And I'm like, Jamie, when we were driving, I was like, Jamie, you have so much gray. He's like, no, I don't. I'm like, yes, you do. Then he starts to look. He's like, ooh, I kind of like it. So <laughs> he likes it. Well, hey, that's good then. Yeah. I was just like trying to just, I don't know, like, I don't know. I think I decided like, I don't want to color my hair until I absolutely have to. So I'm grateful for that. But also every time I see a gray hair, I'm like, what the heck is that? I'm like, hello, we had an agreement here. Like we're just waiting longer and longer, but it's to- totally genetic because I think my dad didn't get like super gray until later in life. So thank goodness I got that side of the genetics. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, um, I feel like you, I don't know. I've seen people embrace the gray where they just like mm-hmm. let it roll. And I feel like that's super cool. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. I was just thinking about that the other day, like about, well, just in general aging. Cause you know, I think about that <laughs> 40. Um, and it was like, you know, like everybody can do whatever they want now. Like, I feel like there's just so many more options. Like, I don't even know if there was less, but I feel like, you know, people are more free to embrace who they are. Just like, you know, um, why can't I think of the word like rocket, whatever rocket, you know, (laughs) but I was thinking, I was like, how is it weird to like be 40 and have like super long hair? Like, should I cut my hair shorter? And then I was like thinking about, you know, graying, like would I let it go gray and be long? Like if I always gonna have long hair, you know, just one of those things, like just had that little momentary blip in my mind. Like, I don't know, you know, like, yeah. What does it mean to look 40 these days? I don't even know. Like, I don't even know. Is there a look anymore? (laughs) I think you're creating your own 40 and, and fabulous. Oh, thank you. I feel fabulous. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's funny. I was like, I told my friend, my friend, Sarah had her birthday um, yesterday. We went running and um, her and I were born the same year, but she turns 41 obviously before me but I'm like we should just you know be 40 again because COVID really ripped out the last two years so Mm. we're just not gonna we're just not gonna use that year (laughs) 
not that I just care, have a, a do back or whatever it's called. Yeah, a do back, a do over. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I turned 30 in July and I was recently talking to a mom friend about how she's like, I'm just going to do 29 again. And I'm like, no, forget my 20s. My 20s were like, I loved my 20s. I had my kids in my 20s, but all, and I met my husband in my 20s, but also like 30 is like my time to be like incredible and to like challenge my body and my life and like do all the things. And Mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm ready for 30. Bring it. Yeah. Well, and I think you're going to love it. (laughs) The thing is like, so I feel like for you and I, it's like, even though we're 10 years, 10 years apart, um, sorry, that was hard to say out loud. Um, even though we're 10 years apart, I feel like we're kind of in a similar uh, pathway because like I had my kids when I was in my thirties. Um, and so like now they're getting to that point where it's like, they're not as dependent on me. And I feel like 40, like I've heard from a lot of people, like forties are good years. And I feel like, I think every year is what you make of it for sure. But like, you know, like I have more, more, maybe more time freedom and maybe a little less like mom needs necessarily. And I just feel like we're just going to make the most of it because you literally only have today. So you might as well make the most of it. Right. Totally. Like, I don't, I don't mind turning 41 this year. Like I honestly, like, I don't feel 40. I don't feel 41. I don't feel anything. I'm just like, I'm just alive and I'm going you know, <laughs> to take care of myself and have fun. And, and like we said, find meaning and joy in the mundane or the little things. And hope, you know, like, like this podcast, like this is fun for us and joyful. And like, it just, I hope that it's fun for our listeners too, because we enjoy doing it. <laughs> Yeah. Who are you? Who are you? You need to message us and be like, I'm listening. We need to give you a code word. Hold on. We need to think of one. Can you message Lindsay and I and just say my tie? So we know who you are and we know you're part of the squad. And it's going to yeah. be like, do I really message them? Yes. I want yes. you to message us and say Please my do. tie. Mm-hmm. So we know who you are so that we like can become friends. Yeah, because we, we just want everyone to be part of the squad to feel like you have a place at the table to feel like, you know, pull up, bring your coffee. If you drink coffee, hopefully drink coffee or tea, whatever, I guess. tea. (laughs) Drink water. I don't care. Water. Yeah. Bring your beverage, whatever that may be. And if you're like Emma double fisted, it's fine. Come sit at the table, come chat with us. Tell us, tell us what you're going through. What's on your mind. And, you know, share with us some random thing that happened that you were like, what the hell is going on with my body today? And we will be there for you because between us and the squad, somebody's had it happen or has a, a friend or a cousin or a sister or a mom that has been through it. And we can relate and talk about it because why not? Yeah. Let's I think the difference is we want to talk about it instead of mm-hmm. making it like this weird thing you know mm-hmm. just whatever it is what it yeah. is and we're here and we appreciate you and we love you and mm-hmm. we cannot wait to for next episode we have a special mm-hmm. guest and then yeah. the following episode it will be Lindsay and I sitting next to each other in the same space and you're gonna hear it you're gonna probably hear in a car <laughs> probably in a car <laughs> we might or be in a car. the car yeah 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 I think it'll be good so all right well, thanks we for listening. You. Yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs> thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the episode today. And more than anything, we hope that you leave knowing that you're never alone in this messy, chaotic world we call motherhood. Until next Until time. Next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Peace out.